Let me tell you about my friend Tessa. Actually, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you will know that Tessa is a repeat guest. We talked about teaching web development to people who don't know web development. We're both very passionate about that, but she is in general just very passionate about her work. That was true then, and it may be more true now. What's her work now? Well, she finds people who are passionate about products. In this episode, Tessa will give us tips and tricks for building an advocacy program where you can connect with people who love your product or service. And further, you know what? I'll just let Tessa tell you about it. Let's get on with the show. This episode is brought to you by Yes Please Coffee. Upgrade your morning with Yes Please. This fantastic coffee subscription will send freshly roasted beans to your door with no fuss. Pick your size and how often you need beans and they'll ship you a unique blend of expertly sourced and roasted coffee beans. I've been drinking Yes Please coffee for a few weeks now and I have been loving it. Each week I get to try a new blend of flavors that helps me mix up my mornings. And the best part is I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to go to some new roasters website, look at all the flavors, wonder if I'm actually going to like it or not, and then finally order. Every week, Yes Please just sends me coffee and it's new and different and delicious. Each shipment even comes with an info card about the beans and some other information like reading lists and extra stuff that I just enjoy getting in the mail with my coffee. So if you're ready to upgrade your mornings with unique blends of coffee beans, sign up today. Head over to howibuilt.it slash yes and use the code H-I-B-I for $5 off your subscription. And don't worry, if you're going on vacation or you have a little too much some weeks, you can skip shipments or cancel anytime. Again, upgrade your mornings with coffee, great coffee, from Yes Please at howibuilt.it slash yes and use the code H-I-B-I for $5 off. Fantastic, delicious coffee beans shipped right to you. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? I am so happy to have back on the show my good friend, Tessa Creasel. She is the founder and consultant of Devikit. I will let her tell you what Devikit is because that's the topic of our entire episode today. Tessa, how are you? I am fabulous. How are you, Joe? I am fantastic. I'm glad to have you back. It made it seem like I don't know what you do at Devikit, but like I do. We just talked about it in the (laughs) pre-show. And we're going to talk about building an army of advocates today. Now, I I like this topic uh, because... I don't feel a lot of or enough, maybe, people are talking... That was a confusing sentence. I don't feel like enough people are talking about it. Maybe not a lot of people at all are talking about it. But in this season, as we focus on growing your business through content, I think it's important to know that you are not the only person that needs to be the hype person for your company. Uh, And that's what we're going to get into today. So... Tessa, the last time you were on the show, we talked about teaching development. I'm pulling that out of my brain. I'm pretty sure that's what we talked about, right? Yeah. Um, But uh, today we're going to be talking about 
something totally different and you've kind of switched paths. I don't know if you're developing every day still. I'm certainly not. Um, but maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you're doing these days. Yeah. Well, I'm like a, let's say, a Jackie of all trades instead of a Jack of all nice. trades. <laughs> nice. uh, I enjoy doing a lot of things. So yes, we did talk about teaching developers. Um, super huge passion of mine, and it still is. I'm very passionate about teaching people things that I know and, and sharing that knowledge. Um, but these days, I am spending a lot of time focusing on I wouldn't necessarily say marketing to developers because that feels gross to say that. I'm sure as a developer, you feel that grossness there, Mm -hmm. but more around how to approach developers and how to be where they are, um, uh, you know, bring them into the things that you're working on, try to attract them in ways. Um, And a lot of times I do that through advocacy programs. I do that through community work. Um, You know, it just really kind of depends on the situation and and exactly what what we're working on. Yeah, that's that's great. And uh, what you said about like marketing to developers just reminded me. Since we are a week out from WWDC ending, did you watch WWDC at all? Are you like, I'm like an Apple fanboy at this point, which like seven years ago me would be very disappointed in in today me, but whatever. Uh, so did you watch any of that? So I didn't watch it, which is actually kind of sad because as the person that I am promoting that people talk about the companies and the products that they love more. I didn't watch it, but I'm also an Apple fan girl and admittedly I'm like all Appleified on all of all of my technical products for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I just I I thought of that because they're I mean they're very good at hyping themselves up and then getting other people to hype for them. Case in point, I I'm pro- if you go and look at Casabona.org, like pre 2015, you will find like a, a what's it called? A click hate hate click articles that I would write about how <laughs> terrible Apple was and how they steal all of Android stuff. And now I'm like, hold on, let me tweet from my iPhone and then talking to my Apple Watch on my iMac Pro or whatever. Oh, AirPods, AirPods, AirPods Pro. I I have all three versions of the iPod of the AirPods. All three. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So, sorry, 2014 Joe. 2020 Joe is very happy to not be fighting his technology every day. He still um, loves you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, so we got married. Like, that's cool. We have a kid. We have, I mean, that when this comes out, we'll have two. Uh, so, Yay. yeah. Um, in any case, that was a little bit of a, a digression. But uh, you mentioned advocacy programs. You mentioned maybe in person events versus, uh, just general programs. Um, what? So let's start here. What led you to follow this path of creating like a developer advocacy program, which is uh, Devocat is like a portmanteau of those two words, right? I just yeah. used the word portmanteau correctly. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it actually is. So it is the combination of like developer and advocate and kind of bring them together. I think some people say dev devocate, like in terms of like advocate versus advocate. Oh yeah. Um, and both yeah. of those words actually work. And so you can really pronounce it however you'd like because it 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 works in both ways. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Uh yeah. So so what started you on on this path? So I worked where we met. We met in WordPress at WordCamps, which was awesome. G- wonderful time. It's been lovely to know yeah. you. Uh, I worked uh, at- quick quick side note: this month, as we record this, it's like four years ago. Ooh, that's yeah. crazy. That's really crazy yeah. to think about. I would say right? that it was 
WordCamp DC mm-hmm. 2016. Still to date, my favorite WordCamp I've been to. Like It was so good. It was very good. Yeah. So, so sorry to interrupt. A- no, yeah. you're good. That's actually very interesting <laughs> to think about because I have learned a lot and I've adopted my career and changed a lot in like a matter of years, which is really cool. Um, so it started because I was working at Pantheon and I started as a developer advocate. If you're not familiar with what a developer advocate is, it's usually someone who works at a company. Um, they're developer, they're technical in nature, uh, but they really enjoy the the more transparent kind of um I would say authentic form of communicating with folks. So you're not really a salesperson. You're not really a marketer, but you are someone who is out there talking to people. So I attended lots of conferences, talked to people who could have been prospective Pantheon users, um, gave presentations, wrote technical content, documentation, trainings, you know, kind of anything that really uh, evangelized the product and and allowed for someone to understand and, and really get a good grasp on what that product can do. Uh, so started at Pantheon a number of years ago. And I ended up figuring out that people like super, super, super loved Pantheon. And if they didn't know about it, they they might have just been like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Pantheon or I've whatever. But if they've used it and they're continuing to use it, like it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I like Pantheon. It was like, I love Pantheon. And it had very developer-focused tooling. It was definitely built by developers for developers. So there was this very strong passion. And for me, I was like, this is a missed opportunity. We have all these people who are saying all these amazing things about us. They talk about us in social. They talk about us. They're building conference presentations on our behalf. They're like already out there advocating about our product. And I was like, what if we amplify this? And what if we just showed a little bit of care and grace and appreciation for these people? Like, what could this turn into? Uh, and that dream turned into a full-blown advocacy program for Pantheon, which today you can go find it. I believe it's still at community.pantheon.io. Um, it's called the Pantheon Heroes Program. And when I did that, it was really just me realizing that there was this love for the product and these people who are already saying things. And I was like, let's turn it into a program. Let's incentivize them. Let's reward them. And on top of, of all of that, let's be there for these people. Let's create this kind of army of advocates, as you say, um, and let's really show them support. So it's one thing to say, hey, I want an army of advocates and you ask them to do things for you. It's another thing to to support them, provide them resources, be there for them, give them the things they need, and then hopefully benefit from some of the outcomes of that outreach. Uh, and so that's that's essentially what the HEROES program was. And that role was, I'm sure you have a million questions, but to just add one little sentence, like that role really like made me realize how much I loved what I was doing, how much I loved taking that situation and and working with people who are like me, right? Like I'm a developer by trade um, and, and giving them something that I wish I could have had for the products that I love. And so I think selfishly, I was like, this is so great because this is something I would love. But it ended up being that it was so great because everyone else felt that way too. And so it was just like a very, very rewarding program on both ends. Um, and I, I just, I made it my dream. Like, this is my career. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out ways to continue to do this. And that's kind of where Devicate came from. That's awesome. And I will say, like, as somebody who is also embedded in the WordPress space, I need to add an editor's note because it was actually 2017 that we met. Um, 2016, I just came back from Italy and, like, wasn't traveling. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, so as somebody in the WordPress space who has seen a bunch of kind of different de- developer uh, advocacy programs or, like, a lot of them are called ambassador programs or, or whatever... Ambassador, is that just SiteGround? That might just be SiteGround. Um, but they're all very similar, right? You have 
GoDaddy's version of it and SiteGround. I was a, a SiteGround ambassador for a little while. Um, but I th- like yours, yours, Pantheons, the one that you helped develop is one of the most in-depth ones. Like you had a dedicated website that I got to work on. Um, Thank and you, for that. you, my pleasure. Thanks for hooking me up because it was, it, would, it was like a while since I did front-end dev at that point. And I'm like, I miss this. Yeah. Um, so uh, like it was a while since I did front-end dev like at that scale, I should say. Um, but, uh, you know, and there were like other incentives besides just like paying your um, heroes to go to WordCamps. And, and there was like, it was like a gamified thing. And it, I thought it was really cool. You gave, uh, you gave your heroes or Pantheon gives their heroes all of the stuff that they need to be a proper um, advocate, I think, right? Just like in an affiliate program, you can have an affiliate program where it's like, yeah, you'll get 20% of everybody you send towards me. Or you could be like, hey, affiliates, I'm launching a new course next week. And here is copy I wrote for you. Here are pictures and graphics I put together for you. If you want to do an interview with me, I will make myself accessible to you. Whatever, if you want access to the course, whatever you need to make your job promoting this course easier is what I want to do for you. Um, And so I think that the difference there is so important. uh, And and what you just said really speaks to that. Yep. There's definitely a huge difference. I think that there are... And there's nothing bad to say about other programs like that. Like it can work for companies mm-hmm. and, and that's really great. Yeah. I just, I don't think that that, that always works to a hundred percent in exactly all capacities. So right, yes, right. I would say definitely different in that it was way more about how can we give and less about how can we take. So it was more about, Hey, these are our power users. These are people who truly love our product. They're already advocating on our behalf. Um, or they've opted into the program. So the early part of the program was invite only. Then we opened it up to the public and people could apply. But even then there were some standards. So you had to be a user for a set amount of time. You had to have so many projects. You had to, um, you know, I think that was really kind of it. There was other some, some other varying things that we would think about, but we wanted to make sure that it truly was those folks who did really love the product. It had to be that, that focus of like, we love open source, we love Pantheon, and that kind of mix in between was who we were looking for. And the thing about that is that those people are arguably the best customers, right? They're the ones who are talking about you. And so why would you take your best customers and not treat them correctly? Why would you make it about money? Why would you make it about, hey, can you just do these things for us? Like that's a selfish ask to say, do, 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 do. Oh, we're going to you know hand you some cash. Or we're going to hand you some whatever, whatever that might've been. Um, so it was not only just, hey, let's create this awesome advocacy program because we know it'll help our business. It was also about how can we build the program to make sure that we're showing our favorite and best and and top customers. Maybe it's not the best because you can't always validate that, but at least a lot of our key and important customers that we appreciate them and that we are there for them and that we are supporting them in everything that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it, what you're saying reminds me of um, Pat Flynn's book, Superfans, uh, mm-hmm. where he he talks about that, right? And it's Love it's true. Book. I it, it was really good. Um I need to like I took extensive notes and I really need to implement it better. Yeah, so I'll link to that in the show notes and everything that we're talking about over at how I built it. But um the I think what you're saying is so true because I'll say I'll say as a way to like really validate my fandom of something 
quote unquote, this isn't even an affiliate link. Like, <laughs> like yep. um, because it's true, you know, I just put out a post today as we record this where it's like ways to improve performance on your WordPress site. And these are all things I recommend. And, but, and they are affiliate links um, because it helps me put out that kind of content. But mm -hmm. I feel like when I say this isn't even an affiliate link, it's like, I am so stoked about this that I don't, I don't even need a kickback. And so, um, yep. just that's to, what you like, want. That's the yeah. customers you want. You don't want the ones that are like me, like pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, because it's not about the money. There is no reward with the Pantheon Heroes program that is financial at all. Not a single mm -hmm. one, unless they've changed it. But it wasn't when I, when I launched it for sure. I think this is why I might not have been a good fit for the SiteGround Ambassador program, right? Because when I signed on, it was pretty low commitment. Uh, they would, you know, there was some travel expenses reimbursed, but I was still pretty much going to WordCamps for me. Um, and so I don't feel like I was doing right by them to say, well, SiteGround paid for me to be here, but I'm still going to promote my stuff mostly. Yeah. Um, and it was still like, I, I told them that and like they were the way that they had imagined it with me um, was, it was uh, like, okay that way. But as they wanted to change their program, I was like, this is not a good fit for either one of us anymore. Um, sure. So I still recommend SiteGround, but I, I can't say that I'm like the super fan that they need to be going to WordCamps. So yeah. uh, I think it's really important. This episode is brought to you by iThemes. Did you know that 60% of website breaches occur because a vulnerability could have been patched but wasn't? That means having software with known vulnerabilities installed on your site gives hackers the blueprint they need to take over your site. Every day, it gets harder and harder to keep track of every disclosed WordPress vulnerability. You have to compare that list to your plugins and themes by version and make sure you're constantly updating. To solve this problem, the iThemes Security Pro plugin created a better way to protect your sites against software vulnerabilities, the number one culprit of WordPress sites. The new improved WordPress security site scan powered by iThemes performs automatic checks for known website vulnerabilities and automatically applies available fixes so you don't have to. Whew, that's some peace of mind. And I could speak personally to this because as somebody who has repaired hacked websites, I know that it could be costly and dangerous to lose information, especially when it's personally identifiable. So iTheme Security Pro also includes a ton of other features to help you keep the bad guys out. Brute force protection, two-factor authentication, passwordless logins, and compromised password protection. Plus a whole lot more to keep you safe. If you want to start securing your sites today, head over to howibuilt.it slash iThemes to get the best WordPress security plugin to secure and protect WordPress. iThemes is giving How I Built It listeners a 20% discount by using the code howibuiltit at checkout. Again, that's howibuilt.it slash iThemes. That's howibuilt.it slash I-T-H-E-M-E-S. And use the code howibuiltit at checkout for 20% off. And now, back to the show. So let's talk about this then. How do you find those super fans? Oh, 
Um, we didn't prep this at all. So sorry if I'm didn't. like blindsiding you. No, yeah. no, no. I love this actually. Yeah. I am, <laughs> whenever there's like conference presentations and someone's like, can I, can you speak in my conference? I'm like, can I be on a panel? Like, or an AMA? Like, I love getting put on the spot <laughs> because I feel like I'm more intelligent if I don't think about it, which is so weird, but it's true. Um, so one quick thing I was going to say in terms of yeah. the affiliate versus advocacy is that um, anyone who is listening, I'm sure that this is something that might be of interest to you or something you're considering or something that is like, oh, hey, let me learn more about this. An affiliate program is not an advocacy program. And I do not recommend that if you're building an advocacy program that you also ask them to be in your affiliate program. That's a different affiliate programs are for a different use case. And when you're thinking about, especially when you're thinking about developers, I would think about what motivates them as your way of deciding where they should land. And so that actually kind of, kind of leads into this question. Joe, where you're talking about how do you find these people? Um, you're going to have a lot of people who are going to love your product, a lot of them. And it's going to be difficult to decide which ones are going to be the ones that you want to elevate into an advocacy program versus the ones that you might say, hey, we're really happy to have you in our affiliate program. Um, I think there's a lot of things to think about here. I think um, product knowledge in general is one of them. How long have they been using your product? You can get the absolute most amazing advocates from someone who's a new customer. Um, I think that has happened a lot. Like I know that Joe, you and I have specifically passed along re recommendations for products or things. Um, and so when, when one of my friends tells me about something, I'm like, I'm instantly at a promoter level. Um, if you're familiar with the net promoter score, it's a, a kind of a range where it's like a one to 10 score. Basically promoter level is like a nine or a 10, which means that they are, they're very likely to recommend your product to a friend or colleague. If I hear about it from someone I trust, I'm instantly a promoter because I trust the people that I'm, I'm friends with. And I trust those that are in my circle to tell me about a product I care about. So it is very hard to figure out whether or not that person's going to be your best advocate. So there's a lot of things that I like to look at. So product usage, how long have they been using your product? Again, there's a caveat there, right? They could be really excited and they could be a new user. Um, I would say the next thing is really about um, just dependent on your product, right? So if your product is... Let's say that your product is like social sharing or something. If you've got a customer who maybe they've only been a customer for a month, but in that month, they've used that product very heavily, then that still might be someone that you want to consider. So it's just, it's kind of weighing those back and forth. Um, outside of that, there are some other things to think about. Um, things like social followers might be something that you'll consider. But again, there's a caveat there too, in that some developers don't spend a lot of time on social, but when they do post things on social, their resonance is higher. So I actually have a couple of tools that I like to use. Um, Tracker is one of them. So it's T-R-A-A-C-K-R. Um, amazing platform. It's a pretty heavy investment. Uh, it is very worth it if you are looking at building out any type of an influencer or advocacy style program. Their software is tailored for influencers. And so what it allows you to do is it allows you to take a couple candidates that maybe you, you think are good influencers and they don't even have to be customers of yours. Like let's see that, say that your product is in like a very niche market. Um, you can say, oh, I know that there's a couple of thought leaders in this market. And then from there, you kind of take those thought leaders and you put them into this tool. And then this tool kind of shows you like, here's other people that are like them. And then that allows you to start to see like, oh, are these people my customers? How do I find, how do I find some of these folks? Um, however, when you're doing that, there's a lot of scoring and information that that product gives you. And the resonant score is what I'm trying to get to. So a resonant score really kind of sits with, I don't have tons of followers. I have just over 3000 followers, but my resonant score is actually really high because when I post something on social, most of my followers engage with it, or I get a decent chunk of followers to actually engage. Um, and that's more important than followers. 
So having some way that you can start to break down those social networks and not just look at followers, because it's, it's one thing to have 20,000 followers who don't actually care about what you're saying. And if you have 3000 followers who all care about what you're saying, then that's, that's completely different. Um, and you know, it's, uh, I'm trying to think there's so many things that I do, but it is so dependent on the, their product and their service. If you have any questions in this area, you want to ping me, like I'm always happy to give out a couple free tips on Twitter or wherever else. So if you have a certain product and you're thinking about it, like hit me up, but, um, I would say product usage for sure. But I think at the end of the day, if you start actually social listening to your company, so if you're not doing social listening right now, like I cannot stress enough how important it is mention.com, awario.com, both awesome tools. There's tons of other tools out there. You can build your own tool if you really wanted to dive into the APIs of some of the social networks um, and just figure out like what people are talking about you. Uh, Mention specifically gets you alerts. I assume Awario is the same way um, where you get alerts when someone's talking about you. So I have one set up for me personally. So anytime that like a new podcast comes out or a new blog post, post comes out that someone mentions me in, I get an email that day and it's like, hey, you're on the internet. Someone talked about you. Uh, and if you do that for your company, you will start to see some some very decent trends there. And you might start to see that there are the same people who are starting to say those things. And mention.com specifically actually showcases them. In every email you get at the bottom of the email, it says your top five influencers this week. And Joe, just so you know, you're in that email quite frequently. Hey, for you? Yeah. I think it's nice. just us communicating on Twitter. So anytime that there's anyone who like cool. tags me in Twitter, like if you respond, obviously I'm directly tagged, then that shows up. So yeah. there's a there's a group of like lovely WordPress people that I feel like I chat with a lot who usually end up in that footer and it makes me happy. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say that your uh, Minnesota accent came out very strong there when you said the word tag. Um. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it rarely comes out. So that's actually awesome. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I try to keep my New York accent on a low burn. Otherwise, like people won't understand what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> so, it uh, so I did have Jason Resnick on the show earlier this year and he's from oh he's going to kill me he's from Long Island not Staten Island uh Jason don't kill me if I got that wrong I'm pretty sure it's Long Island and so like my (laughs) my uh accent came out pretty hard when we were talking um I'm gonna have to listen in any case yeah it's a good one um so social so you mentioned mention.com and awario is that a w a r i o that is correct. Sweet. Cool. Uh, again, those will be in the show notes. You talking about all this makes me want to like get it and look it up. It looks like Mention has like a free tier. Do it. Mine's, um, mine's free. Actually, I think I bumped up to the $20 a month one. But okay. I have clients that I use that I sign up for free ones just so I get the minimal um, alerts so that if my client is listed somewhere, I can be like, hey, did you know that someone's talking about you? And oftentimes that they do, because I've already told them you need to do social listening, but um, it's nice to be able to use that. And you can actually get quite a bit with the free tier. Nice. And is this a little bit more in depth than let's say like a, like a Google alert? Um, yes and no. I would say Google alert, you get things that happen on the internet, but admittedly I have Google alert set up and I did not get notified the last time that mentioned told me. So vanilla um, forums, which is a really awesome community tool. They wrote a blog post, I think just a week ago or two weeks ago that I was, I was mentioned in, but I didn't get tagged in it in social because the way they posted on social, they didn't tag the actual individual contributors directly. Um, but mention told me about it, but I did not get a Google alert. So I would say that Google alerts are subpar at best because I don't think I've gotten a Google alert in months and I've definitely got tons of mention.com alerts. 
but they also do social and Google alerts do not do social. So it just depends on like the level of notifications and you, you could turn off some of those socials. Um, I -hmm. do have to admit if you're using the free tier and you're a a heavy Twitter user, you'll be, you'll be through those alerts in no time. So then you'd probably want to turn off Twitter, but kind of up to you on how you want to use it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good to know, right? Because like the Google alerts are pretty much like if you're mentioned in a on a web page, like in an article or whatever, right? Um, yep. And honestly, like, I mean, I'm like pretty active on the internet and the times that uh, like the Google alert comes through for me is usually when one of the stories I, w- I would share on the now defunct managewp.org became popular like that's I'm like I know that I submitted that story like so that's awesome. interesting I'm like I'm like setting up the, uh, this mention account like as we speak right now that's incredible <laughs> like, what everyone, me here? if everyone yeah. else does that now see like I am an advocate for mention because now I told you so like anyone who's in this podcast who is thinking about joining mention.com you have instantly been exposed to an advocate of a product like they don't know it because they don't know how many people I tell them to use the product. I should probably get an affiliate link for them, actually. They have no yeah, idea that, that I've probably referred over hundreds of people to them at this point. And so if you're feeling the need to go sign up for mention.com, then you are already experiencing what it would be like to have an advocacy program. Yeah, see, that's that's amazing. I feel the same way about um, former sponsor of the show, Hover. Uh, mm, I wish I that Hover. they had... Yeah, right? I wish that they had better tracking because... Um, they, uh, they ended their investment because the direct, like, number of coupon codes that were being used, you know, didn't jive with their ROI. Makes perfect sense. But, like, what they didn't know is that I recommended Hover to Chris Lemma, and now Chris Lemma recommends it to, like, everybody. And I know I I can, because he was like, what's Hover? And I'm like, oh, Chris. Let me school you. You need to know about Hover. Yeah. (laughs) You actually told me about Um, Hover. And I love Hover. And I use Hover for all of my domain names. And I have a million business ideas. So I tell you what, my Hover list is ridiculous. I have to go in and turn off auto renew on so many ideas. And then I'm like, wait, should that be an idea again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, do I want this? One weekendcitytrips.com is a domain I constantly renew because I'm like, but this is a good idea. It Not is. right now, but like in the before time when we could go places. Um, well, someday. It was a great idea. But you someday, know, like, yeah. I think that could even be helpful for someone who is local because sometimes when you're local, you forget to how to be a tourist. Like you forget, like I actually literally just went to a park yesterday that I had never, ever been to. My husband and I were like, we got to go on a date. We got to do something. And we went to this park and it was so romantic. Like, I'm not romantic at all. I'm like, so not a feeler. (laughs) But I got there and I just had this sense of like, this is just great. And it's literally 10 miles from my house. I'm like, how have I not been here? So it's still valid, even if people aren't traveling further than their local areas. Uh, Yeah, that's, you know, that's so true. Like I, I tell my wife all the time, like we live in a place where like, Lots of revolutionary war stuff happened. Like we live, like yeah. our wedding pictures were taken at Valley Forge. Uh, and I'm awesome. like, we don't, we don't take advantage of that enough. So you're absolutely right. Oh man. Now, see, now it's turning in my head again. Um, I'll help you. Okay. <laughs> we'll do <laughs> <Thanks>. it together. <laughs> Sweet. I, it's, it's because I've always envisioned like really nice graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Um, and I'm just like, like, I don't have that skill. And when I bought the domain, I was like, I don't want to pay somebody else to do this when I can do it myself. And even though I just told you I can't do it myself. Right. (laughs) Um, But you could have it like, you know, like crowdfunded, not really funded though, but like 
I bet you know enough people that travel that it could just be like all contributor based. Yeah, that's true. And like it, it doesn't have to be. Oh my gosh, we're like hashing out an idea live here on how we built it. <laughs> we're, we're talking about how I'm going to build it. That's like a new segment on the show, I guess. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's do it. That's what happens when yeah. you put like people who are similar of personality types, which we were just talking about before the call, together yep, yep. because we're we're like both high level like picture people, and we're like, yes, we've got ideas, and that's what happens when you put us together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and in this time, I am now a mention.com person, so I'll Yay! report back. Uh, on this in a future episode to see what I think about it. I'm doing like the two-week trial of the solo awesome. uh, plan since there's no credit card required there. Um, Smart on their part too. Because then yeah, you're like, indeed. I want all these alerts. Don't make them stop. Yeah, exactly. Very smart. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. So we talked about finding advocates. Now, as we approach the back half of this episode, um, what are some things that listeners can do to uh, maybe some high level things to build their advocacy program. Like what are some generally good low hanging fruit ideas for them to, to start this? Let's say they found two or three people they want to be advocates for them. Yeah. I mean, that definitely depends on what their goals are um, from a business Mm -hmm. standpoint, but I have this three step thing that I, I really just established this a few months ago, but I'm, I'm like, I keep bringing it up everywhere I go. And so I'm like, there might be something to this. So I have this three-step process when it, it comes to working with developers. If you're building an advocacy program for non-developers, this could still be very applicable, but this is more of core um, things I try to think about with, with more technical folks. Um, so the first one is build trust. So we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to get to know them and I'm actually going to get to know them. I want to know if they like dogs or cats. I want to know if they like coffee or tea. I want to know if they like Marvel or DC. And I say that, which is kind of funny, is that that was actually a survey that I sent out to folks in the Pantheon Heroes program. And really all it was, was I was just trying to figure out like, what are really quick ways, like ice, ice breaking games, really? Like what are quick mm-hmm. ways to get to know somebody? And I landed on this, this or that survey. And it was like chocolate or vanilla, hot, like coffee or tea, all the things I just mentioned. And I was like, wow, you can really get a pretty high level picture of someone when you ask them like 20 of these, this or that things. Because before you know it, you find out they like the mountains versus the beach. They like to be indoors versus outdoors. They, they like to be, you know, watching TV versus being social and out. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I have this great picture of this person who really loves to go mountain climbing. They like to be a little bit more indoorsies when they're not doing that. They prefer the mountains. They like coffee. Um, they really into Marvel comics. At that point, you're like, okay, I've got this like little bit of data and I can start sending things I know they care about. So I did that because... If someone were to go out of their way and say, talk about your product or say, do something kind for you or what have you, and you don't have an advocacy program, there's really no reason why you can't think of it in that way and reward them accordingly. Mm-hmm. So we had someone who did something really cool. Um, well, actually they named the program and th- we ended up landing on their name. And instead of me sending them just like a $200 gift card, I like got to know this person and I was like, okay, what does this person care about? Turns out he loves Legos. He also loved, um, I want to say it was DC comics he actually had, I believe he made some like really cool custom Lego things. And so I went in and then there was another thing that he commented about where he like loved to mix peanut butter with something else. I want, oh, um, I think it was chili, like chili and peanut butter. The, you would never even think about mixing them together, right? But I, found, I thought I knew who you were talking about until you said that. Because the person I'm thinking of is a pretty picky eater and I don't think would ever do that. <laughs> Brian Richards? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not who it was. Um, <laughs> Friend so, of the show, Brian Richards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I just know I only thought of that instantly because of his like love of Legos. Um, yeah. So I specifically found a new Lego set that was DC themed and had just been released. And it was a, it was a higher investment for those Legos. And I was like, the odds of him having this are pretty slim because it's new. It's kind of high, high value, high price. Um, and, and, and it's DC. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. And then I also was like, okay, he likes these kind of weird foods mixed together. So I'm going to add that. So I basically took these, these kind of things together and I made them like this little like handcrafted gift. And I sent it to him and I was like, Hey, we really appreciate you. Thank you for everything. And yeah, sure. Anyone can send an item, but when you send an item that is like, I truly got to know you, I dug into who you are. And I feel like a stalker sometimes when I'm doing some of these things. So you're going to feel the same way, but, but do that. Like when you can get to know someone at that level, you can actually deliver them something that is going to be invaluable. So the reaction for that type of thing is much stronger than if someone just like flings a $200 gift card your way. So if you want to get started, looks like you're going to say something. So I will let you chime in. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think that's a great idea, but I would like you to finish your thought first because this sounds like (laughs) number one of your framework. So let's get all that in. Yeah. Yeah. So the build trust, right? So when you can build that trust, then those, those folks are instantly like, I like you, you made me feel good. How can I help you more? And you're building that trust. You're making sure that they know that you truly value that relationship. Uh, number two is provide a value to them. Sure, Legos could be a value to them in some way, but it's not a value that is going to to further their career or further their aspirations or further something that they're doing. So the next one is provide a value. Oftentimes, this might be this might be as simple as introducing two people who have been looking for the other type of person for a very long time. Maybe it's a developer who'd really love to find a designer that they'd love to work with. Um, That's probably not an example that might happen in this advocacy program, but it's a great example for us to relate to and and for any user to relate to. Um, You know, finding that kind of co-person that you can work with or finding a business relationship or someone who can help you answer a problem is invaluable. Uh, And I would say, mentioning Chris Lemma again, I think that, you know, he does a really good job of that. Like he's really adamant about introducing people that he thinks that will, will provide value to each other. And just keeping that in mind. So it can be as simple as, hey, you should get to know so-and-so. But it can also be, hey, I know that you're building a new SaaS product. Can I give you the stage to share your new product? Or can I give you the, the space to, to write some content? Um, so right now, I, we haven't talked about this yet. I'm the developer community manager at Twitter. Um, I'm focused solely on the API team. Uh, I actually just talked to a developer who's building a SaaS product with a Twitter API. And so for me, providing him value is making sure that folks know about his tool because it's twofold, right? I can talk about the Twitter API and and the use case and how you can do some super awesome things with it. But then I'm also giving this person space to talk about his product. I'm giving him a stage with, uh, I guess, in terms of like the Twitter dev following, like hundreds and thousands of followers who could possibly see that content. And so provide that kind of value, figure out what motivates your advocates. What do they care about? Like what just gets them excited and makes them want to do something more. And when you can figure that out, then you find that value. So just as a quick example for him, he's building a business, right? He's trying to have a profitable business where he has built a software tool that is going to possibly fund his life or whatever he needs in terms of, of actual day-to-day finances. And so a value for him is that the more customers he has on that product, the more that he is going to find success in that product and be able to have that as his financial stability. So when you find that thing that motivates them, then you, you like dive into that and tap into that. And that's where you pro- provide that value. And the third step 
is finally ask, like make the ask. Like you build that trust, you provide them a value, and then you can say, hey, um, you know, I'm working on this new project and I would really love someone to write a, a technical blog post for me. Would that be of interest to you? You've built that relationship. They already feel like they trust you. They want to work with you because you provided them a value. Their answer is going to be, heck yes, I want to do that. I absolutely want to do that blog post because I know that you have my back and that you care about me. And that blog post is going to be full of passion and full of good information and full of awesome content because you've groomed that relationship and you've built them to this place where they feel like you have, you have them on a pedestal of greatness and they can feel it. And that's when you're going to have the most successful advocates. I love that. Uh, so build trust and actually get to know them, provide them a value and then make the ask. And can I tell you that this happened to me to a company that I reached out to. So sponsor of the show. Yes, please. Coffee. Um, I reached out to them and I was like, do you want to sponsor my show? And uh, they were like, hey, we're interested. Like, let's talk. And we talked. They got to know me and my show. We think that you're going to be a good fit. They sent me some coffee to try. They, they want to make sure I actually like the coffee that I'm going to be promoting. And now I'm just like, I need to do everything for them to make mm -hmm. sure that they are happy with the investment that they've made. Um, exactly. So like, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was just really exciting and it left a good taste in my mouth. Pun kind of intended. I was going to say <laughs> no pun intended, but it was like a little intended. Um, <laughs> versus, you know, some, uh, not brands that have promoted this show. I don't want to speak poorly of anybody who has financially supported this show. Um, but brands I've seen where it was more about them Mm -hmm. than a partnership, right? Anytime somebody reaches out and says like, hey, we want to make you a partner. And I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, it means that you get 25% of any sales that you send our way. And I'm like, that's an affiliate program. Like, that's not a partnership. Yep. I'm doing all the work and you're giving me money after the fact. So, um, and, and money yeah. on top of that, money does not, I will tell you this, it is very unlikely that money motivates anybody. Sure, don't get me wrong. I like money. Everyone likes money because we can buy the stuff that we like. But if you have advocates who love your product, they're going to be much more happier with you sending them much happier. Um, if you send them <laughs> actual product items, like give them access to your product, give them like maybe let's say that it was Apple, right? And let's say that like I had a, a series three Apple watch and I didn't have the latest Apple watch, which is actually valid. So Apple, if you're listening, I, I wouldn't mind the latest Apple watch. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is if you have that kind of product, there's odds are that they, you're, not all of your advocates are going to have the latest and the greatest of your product but they're out there and they're talking about it and they, they care about it. They're passionate about it. They love it. Make sure they have all of your product offerings. Make sure that they have everything that they can because if they're out there talking about you, then you want them to be showing off the most amazing product that they possibly can. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile and their product, Text Expander. Save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. You know I'm all about automation and Text Expander is a great way to get started with automation. It allows you to create your own snippets for repetitive text you tend to use everywhere. Add the text, create a snippet, and boom, save precious time and keystrokes. One of my favorite snippets is for my address. So instead of typing out my full address and risking typos, I simply type dollar sign A-D-D-R 
and Text Expander does the rest, filling in my full address for me. I also have snippets for my street, my city, and my zip code. But that's not all Text Expander does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is when I type PPT. That will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it to plain text. So I'm no longer fighting formatting when I copy from a Word document, a Google Doc, or a plain HTML page, like a website. I also use it for common links, email messages, which I can completely customize with fill-ins and drop-down menus, and even date calculations. I'm currently writing a book, and Text Expander has been instrumental with that. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, so pretty much anywhere you do computing. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or automation in general, now's the time. As a listener, you can get 20% off your first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know how I built it sent you. That's textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year. And now back to the show. Can I tell you another story? We talked, yep. did we talk on air about how I'm an Apple fanboy? We did. I wrote it down yes. here. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so the reason that I made the switch is because I tried an iPhone for two weeks and blogged about how I didn't like the experience um, because I wasn't all in. Like I didn't turn iMessage on because I didn't want to break my text messages when I invariably switched back to Android. Sure. And a, uh, a product advocate for Apple reached out to me Sent me the iPhone 6 Plus. Let me use it for, it was like three months or five months or something like that. Gave me a bunch of accessories and an iTunes gift card so I can download the apps I wanted. And he goes, here's the deal. My mission is to make everybody switch from Android to Apple. And I know that it's pie in the sky, but if you go all in on this platform, turn on iMessage and do everything, I promise you, you will be happy. Mm-hmm. So That's I did it incredible. for three. Yeah, did it for three months, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I switched. I switched. I wrote a blog post about how I switched. It got picked up by BGR, um, Boy Genius Report, and Phil Schiller tweeted a link to the article with the words "Joe switched," and oh. I'm just like, Phil Schiller. If you don't know who Phil Schiller is, he's the v, uh, the VP of product at Apple, Dang. senior VP. Yeah. Um, so I just like they turned me from a hater to a uh, to a fanboy very quickly. Uh, he's the senior VP of marketing at Apple, not of product. I think maybe Craig Federighi is product. Um, Software That's engineering. Awesome. I should just stop. I'm just going to stop uh, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> naming good. titles for Apple executives. But you um, know, but the thing about but, that, Joe, is that like you were not a fanboy and they noticed you. And, and 
Not that you're not amazing. The whole world needs to know you. I think you're absolutely awesome. But the thing is, is like, you're kind of in the same boat. Like you have a decent amount of followers, but you don't have like thousands and thousands where people are like, yes, let me listen to that person. And your best advocates are not going to be the ones that have thousands and thousands of followers. They are going to be the true people who are walking around to our neighbors who are at the grocery store with us. Like just your average Joe, as I say it, who who are actually going to turn into those best advocates because when, so I work at Twitter now, right? So like before that, I was like, oh my gosh, like if Twitter were to say anything to me, like that would just be absolutely incredible. But at the end of the day, like I'm working at Twitter now and I'm like, okay, it's still great. And I still love them as much as I, I've always loved them. But I'm also starting to realize that like a lot of us put these like really big companies or these really great products up on this like shelf that we can never acquire. Like we can never get Apple to talk about us. We can never get Twitter to talk about us. But the thing is, is like those companies do want to talk about you because I, being someone who works at Twitter, am literally looking for developers right now who are building things with the API so that I can showcase them in our developer showcase. And I would rather find people who are going to get that like super emotional, oh my gosh, Twitter cares about me and they want to talk about me because those are the people that I want because I will change their life at least for that day that I get to give that opportunity out. And and not only does it feel good for them, like it literally makes my life. Like I love giving people those opportunities. And so companies need to think about it in that way. Like just sometimes you just got to give stuff away or sometimes you have to try to find someone who may be talking bad about something and say, Hey, let's share something with you. Can I give you my products? Can I, can I show you something else? Like you're clearly passionate and I would love to change your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And it's worked. That has worked on, I mean, we talked in the pre-show about how I'm very direct in my <laughs> feedback, but that's worked a, a lot on me where like I was maybe meaner than I should have been <laughs> and they just like killed me with kindness. ConvertKit is another company that like they were just like really nice to me, even though I was kind of a wad on the internet. Like, <laughs> And when I met, I, I met um, both Nathan and Barrett in person. And I was like, sorry, I was such a D-bag to you on the internet. Like, I actually <laughs> said that to them. <laughs> so um, those are cool guys. And I think that, you know, I can definitely learn a lot from their uh, humility and their kindness. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is, man, this has been such a great conversation. Um, and I'll just say one more thing. Like, you said that, like, changing their, like, changing their lives, like, making their day, like, just that day. Yeah. The, the Phil Schiller tweet happened five years ago in August. And like, I'm still talking about it today. So like, um, I should really do a five years with the iPhone <gasps> post, follow-up post. God, do write it. that down. Do um, it. It'll probably, that post will be published by the time this episode comes out. So I'll link it in the show notes too. Um, but you know, you know what's but, probably happening right now, yeah. Joe, that is making me so excited yeah. is that I am guessing that there are people who are, are listening. They're not listening yet because we're pre-recording. But when they are listening, <laughs> they're going to have all of these opinions. They're going to start thinking about their favorite products. They're going to start thinking about things they love. Maybe like brands that they change from. Maybe they switch from Android to Apple or Apple to Android or whatever it is that they're doing. I don't know why you do Android to Apple or Apple to Android. <laughs> I mean, not the other way around. <laughs> why, why you would do Apple to Android. But hey, to each their own. Um, but there's people who are thinking about that, right? And so what I really, really like want to encourage those folks to do is talk about the products you love. Because if you love them and you can advocate for them, they are going to have more positive action from that. Like you're telling other people about it, right? And so if you tell me that you love something, I'm going to be like, I trust Joe. I'm going to go try that. 
So talk about the products that you love because you're making their business stronger. You're making their product opportunities stronger. You're providing them insight into what they're doing. So talk about the things that you love because that's absolutely what I hope that everyone will start to do with their products. It's like just, and on top of that, we could use a lot more kindness in this world anyway. So let's like start praising and talking kindly and sharing things that we love about all of the things that we love. Oh man, that is, that feels like a really good way to end this episode, but uh, I can't, I can't be almost 200 episodes in and not ask you the question. Uh, Mm. It seems like you just gave it to us though. Do you have any trade secrets for us? Ooh, I had so many. I can edit secrets. this so I asked that right before you said talk about the products you love if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we definitely could, but I would say I think that's more of a, from a consumer angle, right? Is like as a mm-hmm. consumer, as a person yeah. using things, talk about your love. I would say in terms of as someone who maybe wants to build out an advocacy program or specifically someone who's thinking about developers directly or what have you, um, I would say that three-step process is probably what would be my trade secret. Build trust, provide a value, make the ask. Um, outside of that, if you're working with developers, I have, this is not a trade secret. Anyone who works in like PPC or in, um, you know, top of funnel marketing, I would say kind of another trade secret there is like literally stop investing in PPC. Like just stop. If you are marketing to technical people, you are not getting the folks that you want for your product from that anyways. And I can guess that right now you're like, well, our PPC doesn't work anyways. So I don't know why we're doing it. So just stop. And start investing in developer communities, start investing in open source software, start investing in, uh, you know, like libraries or tooling that developers have come together to build maybe individually or a group of, of contributors have done that. Um, I would say that like from a technical side, that would be like my strongest advice of everything that I've learned with advocacy programs and working with developers that it has to be authentic. You got to build the trust, you got to provide a value, and then you got to make the ask after that. So that's my trade secret. Love it. Um, absolutely love it. And as far as, I mean, uh, this will be the follow-up. And then I, in the pre, in the post show, uh, if you have some of those like uh, build trust icebreaker questions handy, I would love if you asked me some of them in the post show. Uh, that will be for members if I ever create a membership program. If you want one, let me know. Um, sure. But stop investing in PPC. I assume that's because most technical people are using an ad, an ad blocker. Is that accurate? I think a multitude of reasons, but yes, they're using an ad blocker. So they're not, sometimes they're not even getting that content to begin with. I mm-hmm. think also uh, developers can see through it. Like I, I'm sure you can relate to this, Joe, but like anyone who tries to pitch me on anything, I'm like, nope, nope, and nope. Unless you have built that trust first. Like it's just naturally in anyone who is technical to just avoid anything like that. And I, I really don't know what makes it that way with like, the personality dynamic or what have you, but I think developers are notorious for wanting to streamline their work and and stay on task and and try to optimize things. And when things like that are kind of distracting, they tend to try to avoid them. And I don't know, their brains are just like automatic ad blockers if they don't already have one. Uh, and so it just it just usually doesn't work. And I've most of my clients um, are, are have come to me and they're like, PPC is just not working. I was like, yeah, I know. Like, you don't have to tell me that. I already know. <laughs> um, my current yeah. client, which a whole bunch of people should check out because literally their product offering like blows my mind. Um, the product is called Harper DB. And technically, I don't usually talk about my clients, um, but I know that they wouldn't mind in this case. Uh, they, I actually told them, I was like, just 
at least take whatever your investment level was and decrease it down hugely. So they dropped it to nothing. They stopped all their PPC ads and they started investing in dev.2 and started investing in developer communities and, and content in that way. Um, and they've actually seen a 50% sign up increase, even in just the two weeks that we started doing that. So it's very important to really think about who your audience is, what motivates them and where they're spending their time. Because if they're technical, it's definitely not looking at ads. Wow, that's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, well, Tessa, this has been fantastic as usual. Thank you for your time. Where can people find you? Um, like pretty much all over the internet. But my username on Twitter is TessaK22, and that's pretty much my username anywhere else. So if you're looking for me on GitHub, Twitter, wherever, you'll find me. Uh, Debicate is D-E-V-O-C-A-T-E dot com. Um, I don't take on a lot of clients. If you are interested, you're welcome to hit me up and we can have a conversation. But it's it's pretty like exclusive, I guess, in terms of there, but I'm always happy to chat with someone if they've got questions or, or want to discuss further. Awesome. I will link to that and everything we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Tessa, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Of course. It was great being on the show. Thanks so much to Tessa for joining me this week. It is always a pleasure talking to her. And I love the advice that she gave us. Uh, I actually started using Mention.com and it's really interesting uh, to see kind of some of the information that is available to me based on people who are mentioning me across the internet. Uh, I also, since we recorded this, wrote a blog post called My Five Years with the iPhone where I referenced that Phil Schiller tweet. I will link to that and everything we talked about, including how to find Tessa over at howibuilt.it slash 184. Thanks so much to this week's sponsors, Yes Please Coffee, iTheme Security Pro, and Text Expander. Those are three brands that I am very passionate about, and I think they're great, and you should check them out. Uh, if you want even more tips, tricks, information about uh, when the show is published, advice I've gotten from the show, and generally things that will help you build something, you can subscribe to my Build Something newsletter. Head over to howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>